0: S-W-I-N-G-E-R-U at checkout.
1: Get your tickets by clicking on the link in the show notes or visiting swingeruniversity.com slash libertine. Have you ever thought about swinging and non-monogamy? Well, you're not alone. There are many reasons why couples begin their journey in the alternative lifestyle or hobby. Whether you're starting to think about swinging or you've been in the lifestyle for a while, we hope you'll learn something new. Welcome to Swinger University, your horizontal enrichment program, bringing you an educational podcast about swinging. Here are your hosts, Ed and Phoebe.
0: One of the questions we always ask when we meet new couples is, how did you get into the lifestyle? It's a great icebreaker, and it kind of provides a little bit of perspective in terms of where
1: they're coming from. Exactly. Some people are in a 20-year relationship. Their kids are gone, they're empty nesters, and they want to spice up their relationship. They want to try something new.
0: Some people only had each other as sexual partners haven't experienced any kind of sex outside of their primary relationship and they're curious. They want to know what it's like to have sex with other people.
1: And some people are bisexual. So maybe you were always and didn't ever say anything or your partner knew you were and you didn't say anything or you... You did and you just couldn't do anything about it. All of the above. Some people tend to, uh, at at different stages in their relationship, try new things, experiment with new things. Um, They become comfortable and safe and they trust one another and they decide that they want to share those different sexual experiences with another man or another woman. And so this is a way to do that as well. And still stay with your primary partner.
0: One of the other reasons some people get into swinging, and we are not recommending this at all. This is one of the don't do it if categories, and that is fixing your marriage. So it's one thing to add a little extra spice to your marriage. It's a completely different thing. You have a sexless marriage or the sex is really bad and you're looking to fix it. Swinging will not fix it. It absolutely will break it. It will. It'll tear it apart.
1: It'll accentuate everything that is challenged in your relationship already and make it
0: bigger. Yeah. It, it magnifies those problems that you have in your relationship. So, as an example, your husband doesn't ever want to go down on you. And the lifestyle, you find men who are all willing to go down on you. That's going to make him look even more inadequate uh, in your
1: bedroom which is not good right right that's just an example one example uh there are also sexually adventurous people which are quite um well I, honestly now that i've been in the lifestyle for about 10 11 years i think everyone is well now that's not true there are a lot of people that are not sexually <laughs> adventurous but but it seems like it's growing. It's a growing trend, especially with the um, the millennials. And we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. It's quite common with the younger generations. And um, especially with those who are dating, we're finding. Yeah, they're bro- not even like married and they're just doing it together.
0: A lot more open-mindedness. And we're finding, statistically, more and more couples are open to... Extra sex or extramarital sex. And uh, it it's shown in popular media. There are television shows that talk about it. Right, um, Lots of examples kind of in popular culture where this is starting to come out.
1: In fact, we were at a party last week where we met a couple that go to parties together, but they're not together. They're, they don't identify as boyfriend and girlfriend they're both divorced, they're not interested in settling down, they have kids, they have lives, but they enjoy each other's company, they have sex together, and they like to have sex with other people together. So, for them, it works. It's not defined, but it's defined enough where they have an agreement and it fits within the swinger community, where they show up as a couple and they respect one another and care for one another. So, it it makes that connection work. It is a little unusual, and that's what's kind of cool about swinging is it so many different definitions and ways of doing things, and you? it's a little challenging sometimes to navigate.
0: <laughs> yeah. One of the other experiences that we'd had early on was exposure to our neighbors and their teenagers would throw house parties. Yes. We would see... Flashing lights, loud music, cars parked in front, so we knew they were throwing a party. What we didn't realize was they were walking around naked in their house, so we happened to see through the window that they were running around and basically wrapped in towels and open about all kinds of crazy
1: sexual adventures. Right, right. We were not peeping toms we were very concerned about the party because we knew they were underaged we did not have the parents phone number and we stayed up late to make sure that no one got in their car drunk right and it was a good thing we did because we saw some people leaving with carrying garbage sacks and so we we were you know make made sure that they got home safely and no one was driving drunk but right right um i guess we could have called the cops but I don't know. We didn't. You know, they weren't bothering us, but I mean, they were underage drinking. We should, probably should have done
0: that. Yeah. But honestly, we felt that that was the parents' responsibility and it was yeah. their house and uh, didn't want to really get involved with all of that, especially with yeah how people retaliate sometimes. So we we yeah. we'd made a choice at that time we, to, we did. to not get involved. We did. We did. Um,
1: Millennials.
0: Yeah. This That's, kind of brings out... The, the kind of the sexually adventurous mm-hmm. people that are that are starting to come out
1: um and millennials are in that 23 to 28 age range about right now and you know they go for it they really don't care what people think they're they're out in social media they don't care if you know that they're a swinger or have sex with other people or whatever they right. define themselves as polyamorous um they they're just out and I, and I love it. I love, I love the freedom. I love the way they express themselves and, and they're just, they just go for it.
0: Yeah. And a lot of their social media actually kind of inspired us to finally come out in front of the camera and do our YouTube stuff.
1: Exactly. The non-monogamy, you know, where you're, you're, you're monogamous, but you're doing non-monogamous type things, right? Because you're not supposed to have sex with other people. Um, it, it, for some people, it just feels normal, right? They, they, they grew up, um, knowing that you're supposed to be monogamous and have one partner, but it never really felt normal to them. What felt normal to them was having multiple partners. Right. And some of our friends, Grew up sharing uh, their 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 brothers or their friends partners as teenagers when they were having sex or in their mid, you know early twenties they just sh- everyone shared everybody and it was common and normal for them. Yeah. I wish I had that. So envious of like that freedom to just not be you know pigeonholed in a in a sexual box that you can only do this. So I'm. It's amazing that some people just grew up like that.
0: Yeah. And we talked to a, a number of couples where there was one partner in that couple that that was just the norm for them. Oh. Um, it was either a cultural thing or the area that they grew up in. They just felt natural uh, sharing and, yeah. and having sex with whoever they wanted to.
1: <sighs> if, only. if only I didn't grow up. In a very strict, non-hugging family environment where I went to parochial school with the little skirts and the little, you know, all that whole thing. But maybe that's what propelled me into the (laughs) lifestyle stay.
0: Constrained and then released.
1: Constrained and released. I had to go to the opposite side to experience all of it.
0: Other groups of people really like to get into swinging because of this sense of control over other Mm. people's pleasure. And it's interesting because you're starting to experience that a little bit more. Mm. But really, there's something really sexy, something very hot about (laughs) making other people Mm -hmm. orgasm. Mm -hmm. And that sense of I'm directly doing something that's causing this other person to experience pleasure right it's it's very hot.
1: Um, it's very satisfying. it's very um, gosh, it's like it's so hard to describe. If you've done it, you know it, you know that feeling. it's not it's not an ego thing. it's not it's almost like a euphoria it's it's that that's that ultimate giving right and yeah. you just you get high euphoric just giving somebody being able to i don't know
0: it's, it's almost a form of compersion now compersion yeah. is usually referred to specifically with your primary partner and wanting them to be pleased but i think even with secondary partners you're kind of deriving pleasure through their pleasure yes so it's yes. It, it, it's not a control as in like a domination thing right it's a, uh, oh my god! Did I do that?
1: Yes, I know.
0: And it's super, super exciting it and is. sexy.
1: It is. I oof. I am. I am loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving the new experience with with women. Um, I've had that experience with men, but um, my new adventure is with women, and it's it's very, it's very titillating. Now flirting, a lot of people love to flirt. I have not been a big flirt. Or at least I didn't think of myself as a flirt. You are a big flirt. Guilty. And Very guilty of flirting. You love getting your flirt on. So, you know, that's, that that brings some of that excitement back into the relationship too, right? You're, you're flirting with other couples. Right. And, and then that also creates spark in your own, own relationship. You're flirting with your partner again. It just... It's, it's fun. It's energizing. Yeah. It's- yeah.
0: And flirting stimulates that, that primary erogenous zone that most people, a lot of people, don't think about, and that's your brain. Mm-hmm. And having that stimulating conversation, having that, the double entendres, having those images start to play around in your brain starts to get things moving mm-hmm. right it starts to get the juices flowing exactly and what's really nice about the lifestyle and one of the advantages for flirting is if you can do that without jealousy because you realize it's just foreplay mm-hmm. it's just about the sex and the hunt and the, the kind of the kindling of that, yes. that spark yes, that's going to yes. happen you can do it and you don't feel like there's going to be social consequences for it. You don't feel like you're going to be reprimanded for it. So, if right. you really like flirting, swinging may be in your bag.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, learning new techniques while you're swinging. We have learned so much, so much. Um, for example, different kissing techniques we have learned from some friends of some good friends of ours in virginia right. um we have learned different positions um like the side scissor position we've done that but then someone will throw in a variation to the side scissor right and you go ooh didn't know there was the side scissor with 10% better so then you have that experience with another person you bring it back to your partner and you start try it and you're like, wow, that really that works for me. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing? Uh pressure. You know, pressure on the pelvis where someone holds that pressure or not right. really moving. So I had that experience once about eight or nine years ago, and it was kind of hard to describe. Right. First I thought it was just the condom, you know, kind of getting in the way, and I liked it. Um but then I recently had someone do it again to me. They were still wearing a condom. But then I realized it was something different. It was just that hard pressure. And I, I liked that more than it, w- it allowed for some buildup mm-hmm. without the distraction of movement.
0: We haven't played too much with like tantric sex. Right. I can imagine that it is that lack of movement but more of the pressure and the the closeness and
1: the breathing yeah and
0: the breathing aspects to it and this technique that you're talking about with the the pressure on the pelvis is less of the the repeated thrusting and more of just you know kind of that steady deep pressure kind of holding down and and you know adding sensation to a larger surface
1: yeah yeah, to the whole vulva area, yeah. which is all all nerve endings for women.
0: What's interesting is even with those positions that you're familiar with, a new partner may have a slightly different angle or, mm-hmm. or a different hip movement. And if you can observe your partner doing that or having that experience, then you can take notes and you can try it yourself later and sometimes it's hard to replicate but you just have to practice more. <laughs> oh, just great. Darn. <laughs> and you know, I'll touch on the kissing just a little bit too. Some people don't kiss, which is an interesting rule that will come up in swinging, but a lot of people do and for us it's a it's another one of those preludes and warm-up techniques and mm-hmm. almost a little bit of an audition and that's Really fun to, to kiss someone who's not your primary partner kind of gets things. It's very taboo. And it it <laughs> kind of starts a lot of stuff.
1: It does. I know. I know. I love it. Oral. Um, you. What we learned about oral was different pressure and different speeds. The flatness of a tongue versus a pointy tongue. Um, long strokes versus short strokes. You know, every woman is different. You're gonna you're n- you're never gonna hit it out of the park with your first, you know, outside of your marriage play partner. But but if you're lucky enough to to develop a relationship with a couple that you like and you can play with often, then you've you've also been communicating what you like and what you don't like and what you know what works for you. We've been fortunate to have a few of those or you know longer-term relationships and partners that we can communicate with. And when we haven't, I just step up and say something. I go slower, longer, harder, whatever. I give very simple, direct directions, and therefore, I get to have a better experience.
0: Yeah, and this is actually a really good example of how you can practice a technique in an, an alternative play situ- situation. A situation not with your primary partner, but it le- it forces you to teach yourself to ask for what you need yes. and explain what feels good and explain what doesn't feel good. And what's great is you can bring that back to your primary partner and your bedroom sex with your, right. your normal person will be even better because you're better able to communicate what you need and what you want and what feels good and what doesn't feel good.
1: Right. So your communication is improving. Your confidence is improving. Asking for what you want. So the empowerment of of taking charge of your own orgasm and your own pleasure by asking for what you want all starts to do this nice feedback loop back into your relationship and make it bigger and richer and more alive and fun
0: (laughs) and more exciting we hope you enjoy this re-recorded version of our first podcast hopefully we have provided you with some examples to stimulate your imagination and inspire you to have meaningful conversations with your partner maybe we'll see you at an event